radio.fm here at 21st and Florida, 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th and Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. St. Valentine's Day Mascara, streaming live on Facebook, Sunday, February 14th, 11 a.m., an international affair hosted by Ms. Noir. Do you crave a carnal Are you longing for some lecherous mind? Is it seduction from a sultry song that you're seeking? Or would you rather be ravished by a villain and drive? Care to venture a little voyeuristic versification with this lyrical libertine? Or could this wanton wordsmith maybe look an appetite for an allegorical adultery? Why not slake your literary lustings in a personal one-on-one. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. 14th of February 2021. 11 a.m. PST. Facebook Live. A date for everyone. Hosted by Ms. Noir. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs 
He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic? What could it be? It's exactly what you think it is. Flat black plastic. Vinyl. Records. Round. Played. Mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great big... Oh, 
Oh, Valerie Plain, if that really is your name, I would just shout the same to the world. Dear Valerie Plain, so they made a rack of you. They'll give me the rest of you, and I'll give the world. But you were just some silly girl, taking in the sights of your empire's colony. Valerie Plame, if that really is your name, I would just shout the same to the world. Dear Valerie Plame, if that really is your name, I would just shout the same to the world.
come seven hours down and took the blue line to see where we popped out and I was only joking and I was only joking and I was only trying to get a laugh You say this was the furthest that we had come To travel so far to watch it fall undone And I had lost my token You were looking
A good, that was a, a bit of that. I mean, Barracuda is a, a late '70s rock song. Yeah, by heart. So it's like you have to, yeah, and you have to pay some homage to that. So I had to give it a little bit of a rock feel, not too much. It's still a dance track, but I wanted to pay some homage to, you know, to the original. So I, I it, for that song, I brought in a, a friend who's a guitar player, and had him, hey, play some Barracuda, and.
John, can you hear me? I can hear you great. And I can hear you too. Welcome to House of Pride Radio. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to John Charles Keenan, a producer, remixer. So super excited to have you. Uh, how are you doing today? Thank you for – I'm doing good. I, I'm really, really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, awesome. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, Christine W. has been doing great on our Top 20 countdown recently, first with um, – uh, I can't take no more, and now uh, with no one, both of which you produced. Can you tell us how the two of you uh, s got to dance together like this? Well, you know, it was actually through a mutual friend, uh, a mutual friend, Paul Brewer. Oh uh, yes, hey Paul, shout out. Yes, uh, Paul. Paul and I were were sitting in my studio, uh, and Paul had this idea. You know, we should redo Barracuda. Be a really cool idea, you know, and, and Christine would be like awesome for it. So he uh, gave Christine a jingle, and she loved the idea. And uh, Paul said, "John, start going." So I just started making stuff, and uh, you know, a little while later we had Barracuda, which is on her her record as well. And then Christine just kept calling me up, "Hey, let's do another track. Do this, uh, do that." And and she was she was so cool to work with, uh -huh. and. Uh, and I will say such a trooper. Uh, she lives in Las Vegas, and I live in Phoenix. And I remember one particular time when we were doing some vocals, she literally hopped in her car, drove directly from Vegas to Phoenix, where I live, which is about a four-and-a-half-hour drive. She got here, sat down for five minutes, got a drink of water, jumped in my recording studio, started recording vocals, finished the vocals, got a quick glass of water, and drove four and a half hours home, all in one day. <laughs> that's a professional. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, I got to hand it to her. You, no one can pick on her. She's, she's, she's tough. So uh, I was impressed because not a lot of people could do that and, you know, and still sound good, you know? Yeah. She, she still sounded good. So that was fun. And so uh, Barracuda was the first uh, collaboration, and then because of its success, did you just all decide to keep on going with the party? You know, uh, she must have. I'd like to say that, you know, I was always happy to work with someone like Christine. You know, she's a, a, a legend uh, in, the, in the dance world and more, and, and I thought, uh, you know, any opportunity I would, of course, jump at. And uh, she did, you know, provide me with more opportunities. Um, the uh, uh, Can't Take No More uh, came up, and I, I did some work on that track. And I made sure that with Barracuda, I had kind of come across this sound where I had hybridized a bit of that. I mean, Barracuda is a, a late 70s rock song. Yeah, by heart. So it's like you have to – yeah, and you have to pay some homage to that. So I had to give it a little bit of a rock feel, not too much. It's still a dance track, but I wanted to pay some homage to, you know, to the original. So I, I it, for that song, I brought in a, a friend who's a guitar player, and had him, hey, play some Barracuda. And he's a fan. His name's uh, Eric Miller. He's a fantastic guitar player. The guy's he's actually a flamenco player. Uh -huh. um, rock is easy for him. So he came in and you know put on his rock hat for the day, and you know did the Barracuda impression. And of course, I mixed that in the track a little bit, 
um, is I didn't want it to be dominant because it's still a dance track. You know, you still got to shake your bun bun a little bit. Yeah. So you got to have your tail feather wiggling a little. So, uh, <laughs> so I was, you know, I mixed it in a little bit. And that was kind of a debate for me, a bit of a push and pull. How dominant do you make that guitar with the rest of the dance tracks that I play? Right. How do you keep uh, the aesthetic of Clubland? instilled while adding that element that's important that's a an important executive decision I, exactly I would think. yeah so it what, is, what did you pull. decide on that um i i pulled the guitars back a little bit i let the dance be prominent even though it was like you know it's tempting you know i could easily do another version that, that felt way more you know guitar make the you know the ozzy osbourne sign you know we could do a version like that be real easy to do yeah. Um, but then with these other songs, like Can't Take No More and No One, um, I decided to keep some elements of that, a little bit of bite, a little bit of edge I in heard the it. dance track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely hear it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now, there are no guitars in those songs. Those are different synths that I've played and run through different things to distort them and dirty it all up. But it still has that feeling, that little bit of edge uh, feeling blended with, you know, something that, that makes you shake a little bit, right? Yeah. So, you know, I happily love doing stuff like that. I love a little bit of edge. And I was I was really pleasantly pleased to see Christine's response to it. Like, hey, she, she enjoyed that edge. Um, and she thought it was really cool. And keep doing that. Go with that. Just do what you do. I'm like, awesome. I'm enjoying this new little little edgy sound. Like, it, it feels like an, a bit of rock in with the dance. Even though with the most recent two songs, it technically isn't anyone on a rock guitar, but it still has that feeling, that um, I, I, you know, that just a little bit of edge, a little bit of dirt. Yeah. Well, listen. Let's um, see if we can check out Barracuda here. See, see if this is the right version. Uh, here we go. That's the one. Let's have a listen. Christine really delivered the goods on those vocals. Oh, I know. I kept kidding her. Like, you know what? The microphones and the preamps and all the toys in the studio are slightly smoking. Yeah. She was just like, I mean, whoa. It was just, it was, it was so much fun, and she has so much power. We, we, got emotion. The, we got the folks in the green room excited to that. Can I get a little noise in the green room, guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, good job. So, uh, so so that's really cool. So you carried some of the elements over into the new uh, releases that are actually charting on Pride Top 20 right now. So you can't wait to hear. We have one of hers coming up. Uh, now, is this an, was this a new direction for you as a producer, or have you been in uh, incorporating like guitar licks and riffs uh, in other productions as well? You know, it's somewhat of a new direction. Cool. Um, Very cool. I've been a producer all my life, so I 
it's not like I've never dealt with guitars. I'm originally from Seattle, but <clears throat> you know, I'm used to guitars. I, I do projects and I'm familiar with, I've recorded pretty much everything there is to record when it comes to sounds and types and all that stuff. But in terms of blend and the, the precise way that I'm blending the edge and the bite and, you know, I don't know how to say a little bit of, a little bit of black leather in with it, you know? Yeah. And Black leather, okay. Yeah, all well, right, John. You know, it's just a little bit. Well, <laughs> Get your kinky on. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a little bit. Uh, and uh, the way that that precise sound, that's, 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 a, that's a new thing for me. I haven't done that before. Very and I'm just cool. so pleased that, you know, of all people, Christine really pulls it off. She I really mean, can own it. Queen of Clublandia you're working with. <laughs> yeah, she's so, so great to work with, too. She makes it easy to produce. When someone knows what they're doing at that level and has that kind of knowledge and experience, it just makes producing the record so much easier because everything sounds good with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. How, how did let's go back a little bit. How did you find your way into the doorway of producing dance music? Wow, how did I get into that? Yeah. Well, I, well I've, I've always loved dance. And, and like to, to express who I am originally – as a, as a kid in high school, you know, going back in the day <clears throat> a little bit, I was a huge fan of Depeche Mode, right? Yeah. Big fan of Depeche Mode. I loved all that stuff. A little bit of a darker edge. Oh, it's cool, right? It's totally cool. Well, so I've always had a bit of that in me that I naturally like. Um, and, I, you know, any dance remix of Depeche Mode throughout my whole life, oh, got to have it, you know? Yeah. They used to have this thing called the Bong series. I was like, Bong 17 or whatever the number was. It had some weird remix of some song in there. So I've always loved those things. Um, and then, well, there was several people. Not only was it Paul who helped get me a, a lot of exposure, being Paul Brewer, but it was also another mutual friend who Paul Brewer also introduced me to, uh, the name Mark Picciotti. Oh, yeah, in Chicago, no. Yep. Well, he lives here in Phoenix, uh, not too far from me now. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, Mark and I work together all the time. Matter of fact, I was just finishing up a mix and mastering a track for him today. Uh, yeah. Uh, in his in, in his record label, um, that particular record is on uh, uh, signed on 54 Records. Um, I think it's a Studio 54 or is it 54 Records? I forget. He's got so many things signed right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you know, working with Mark, he really helped me hone my skills because I've always been the guy who was more of a pop radio guy in terms of production. He helped me hone my skills in doing the remixes. And Mark helped me take a few steps forward that I needed, somebody who could show me the, the finer points. And we've become a great team, Mark and I. We do a lot of work together on various different projects. And, uh, uh, you know, Mark and, and Dan, they're two great friends of, of mine, and, and I'm – I'm thrilled to have wor worked with them, and I and we constantly do. And and Paul, I haven't seen Paul in a little while. We got to get Paul back in the studio. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, definitely. I think you guys are talking about working with, uh, you know, a nice tribute for Mar the the late Mary Wilson, who just recently passed away. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's that's true. I didn't know I could speak of that. Oh, but well. it turns out I, I I can. Okay, so if Paul's already spilled the beans, so yes, that is that is something that's coming for sure. Well, I think a lot of uh, people are going to be paying tribute, don't you? I mean, she was such an inspiration. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and I have my own – and we all have our own Mary stories, you yeah. know, which will be fun to share. And some of them are a bit self-deprecating. 
<laughs> True. Yeah, oh, I know. Gonna... You know, I know where I remember my one of my first uh, exposures to your brand, John. Uh, weren't you? You were involved with the um, Jessica Sanchez project, uh, Stronger Together. Oh yeah, I was. That was a good. That was a good tune. That was that. Was that two years ago or one year ago? I can't remember. It wasn't too long I ago. Think it, uh, two years ago or so, right in there. Yeah. It's hard to tell time. You know, there was a year that sort of just went <laughs> went on by. <laughs> so my, my timing's all off. You know, but so roughly two years ago. Yeah. And that was, yeah. uh, I think that was a Paul Brewer thing. I can't remember who. Some of the times there's you end up in the middle of all this, and people hand you projects, and some of the times I forget who handed them to me. I don't remember. Uh, I, I know. I don't know. I, I know. I saw it on Billboard. Citrusonic was the promoter in L.A., so I remember that. But uh, gotcha. it was on my charts. Good song. Good project. I remember you there. Uh, so how did you? Were you always like a uh, musically inclined as a child, or were your parents musicians? How did you, um, you know, get into the musical aspect of it? Well, it, for my family, it skipped a generation. As in, I had two grandfathers who were very musical. Uh, one played the drums, uh, another grandfather played the, the trumpet and the sax and, you know, back in, in those times. Then I go to my immediate family. My immediate parents like nothing. You know, they like music, but like, you know, <laughs> just not their thing. But then along comes me, and I'm the kid in class, right, who would figure out how to move the, the take his pencil and scoot the paper on, on the hollow desk and hit the, with the pencil on the paper, get a snare, and then hit the palm of my hand on the hollow desk and get a kick drum, right? Half the class just thought I was the coolest guy on the planet. The other half wanted to kill me. <laughs> and <clears throat> so, you know, I, and I just couldn't help it. I found that I remembered things easily by thinking of them rhythmically, or I learned later melodically. If I, uh, uh, if I just read a book and I just read it very deadpan, Without much expression, I will remember half of it at best. But if I read it and I have to remember this key point or this key element, if I sing a melody to it or tap a rhythm to it, I always remember it. It's just how my mind works, I think. Oh, that's cool. So, mm -hmm. so musically inclined, yeah, I bang on anything to make a cool noise. <laughs> <laughs> drums, drums were my first instrument, and then I got into playing keyboards, and then I can sing some too. I don't know if anyone would to hear me sing, but I can do it. I sing background on a lot of tracks. They just don't know it's me. You just you're just quietly thickening things and you know telling people to sing this. Or if I was working with Mary as an example, I'm tapping on a keyboard and singing a note to her. It's try this harmony, and I'm playing it on the keys and singing it to her. But you know, I'm better behind the scenes than I am in front. You know, not to yeah. make myself sound uh, bad, but that's. <laughs> But I, I tend to feel more comfortable there. Uh, uh, and yeah, and, I, and you, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but you told me that, you, I, I believe you told me you were, you teach, you have students. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, all right. Tell us, can you tell us where you, you uh, teach or? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go, go for it. Uh, <laughs> Shout out. Here in Arizona, in Arizona, uh, I teach uh, at Paradise Valley Community College. Um, and I certify people. I'm a certified Pro Tools trainer. All right. And I can certify people in the software. Uh, I teach, so I teach, I certify people. It takes two semesters. Um, I teach people that. I give private lessons. I teach um, advanced audio mixing techniques. Uh, and I teach live sound. So I, I've been around music my whole life. I would say, like, for the longest time, I used to be able to say, oh, I've never really had a real job, you know. 
but now I kind of now I kind of do. Something you um, so something I, you love. Well, it's something that I can teach without having to think. It's where the life experience has added up so much where all the questions they want to know, it's like, well, I've had that experience, or I understand how to use that piece of equipment, or I've done it, or if I have it, I know somebody who will get them on the phone, you know? Yeah. So it, it just became easy, and things that are easy tend to be something you want to do more of and repeat, and that's where I fell into it. I love teaching. Yeah. Hey, there you go, folks. Uh, so if you want to take a class with John, join up at the community college. Where, yep. can, where can folks go to follow you, John? Um, well, they can find me in several places. Of course, you can find me at, uh, uh, now it has to be the right one. I have to be careful with this. There's another John Keenan out there that isn't me. So I got to make, let's see, what's the best way to go if I go to my, my Facebook page? Look for John Charles Keenan. You'll see a picture of me. I'm a blonde guy wearing a black shirt, and you'll see my studio in the background if you go to Facebook. You can also find me on uh, Instagram, um, you can also, uh, Twitter. I have to admit, I'm not so great at always keeping up on social media. I have to get better with that. Mark Picciotti is always, always kicking me on that. you got to get out and push more. And I know, I know. I'm just such a studio guy. I love to come and create and feel inspired in the studio. And my goal is to help other people feel inspired, whether it's inspired for them to make music or it's feel inspired while listening to it. Make them feel something. And, and that's just exciting to me. So I love to live in the studio. You know, and it, yeah, I, what I need is my own personal, you know, person who just does all the all that all the internet stuff for me. That's what I need. Isn't that what we all need, actually? Huh? Yeah, PR assistant. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. Um, yeah. Hey, so your mix is the next song on our countdown at Ooh. number nine. Uh, can you do the honors for us and announce it? Uh, it's